Welcome to Modern Animism, a Holistic Spiritual Path. I'm your host, Laura Giles. Thanks for tuning in, supporting us, sharing us, and being interested in animism. Today, I want to share what animism has meant to me in my life and how you can use this to help you be happier, healthier, more connected. I feel really blessed to have grown up with this. I think it's just amazing for reasons that I'll share. And when I experience something amazing, I want to share it. I want the world to glow with the same happiness and wonder that I had. So I hope that's what you walk away with today. Let's first pause for a moment to give gratitude to the ancestors and the elements. Acknowledge and thank the element of earth for the grounded, sensuous, physical life that all humans share. Thank you for the blessing of being able to savor this incredible night sky, champagne, music, and feel the warm breeze on our skin. I acknowledge and thank the element of air for the incredible ability to have an idea come out of nowhere and percolate into an invention, a song, a product, or an amazing adventure. I acknowledge and thank the element of fire for the fire that produces the passion that can become a love affair, a revolution, or a human being. Thank you, fire, for the ability to destroy things whose time has come and need to make way for a new life. Acknowledge the element of water, and thank you for sustaining our lives and reminding us to go with the flow. Acknowledge and thank our loving, helping ancestors from the human, plants, animal, and mineral kingdoms. I thank you all for the help that we receive that is seen and unseen. I thank our listening community, and I want to give a shout-out to our listeners in the Czech Republic. Hey! <laughs> See? I pay attention to those who are tuning in. I don't know if people move around or travel or tune in from where you are, if we're picking up in different areas, but whichever it is, thanks for tuning in and sharing the word about modern animism. It's cool to see new countries pop up in the stats. If any of our shows inspire or help you, please consider donating to keeping us going. At Pan Society, we believe that spirituality is free. So our YouTube, podcast, articles, and groups are available to everyone, but the things that we use to provide all that are not free. So we rely on reciprocity. Teamwork makes the dream work. We're all volunteers. We do this as an act of love and all have regular day jobs. So we give our time, too. And if anyone wants to help out, let us know. We can put you to work. And if you want to help with a financial donation, you can do that on our website at pansociety.net or at buymeacoffee.com forward slash pansociety. If money is an issue, you can also help by liking, commenting, and sharing our posts on social media. Uh, and reviewing the podcast. And if you benefit at all, I just ask that you return that energy in some form um, to honor the spirit of reciprocity. Because I know you believe in that too, right? So as most of you know, Rick West and I founded Pantasati. It all started three years ago. At, I think it was a summer solstice bonfire. It was either summer solstice or uh, a piece of transformation. And I'm pretty sure it was summer solstice though. And we had such a great time. And Rick was saying, you know, we should do this as a real thing. We could do this and we could do that. Rick was already an animist, and so was I. And his ideas and vision coincided a lot with mine. So I responded by saying, you mean like blah, 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 blah? Because I had this idea in my head for a long time. Um, I had tons of ideas of how to bring animism to the community and had already been doing a lot of them through Meetup. So when Rick said, let's do this thing, I jumped. It was an enthusiastic yes. But you could say that the roots of it started, at, for me, at my birth, because I was born into an animist family in the West. We had our own culture within the family, but also part of the larger Midwest American community, which 
was clearly not animus. Um, and you can't really know how different you are until you see how you don't fit in or what makes other people different. And as different as I was, I was also the same because I'm American. And one thing that I loved growing up is my family. I have a large, close, clannish family. And like everyone, we have the problems, sometimes just our own. Sometimes it was things within the family or within the community. But regardless of what we were going through, it never really seemed like a big deal to me. Um, and I'm like, probably positive. What's going on here? I didn't really know. Um, I used to pin it on all kinds of things, uh, particularly with being an animist. <laughs> but later, um, when I became a therapist, I heard about this thing called the Rosetto Effect. And the Rosetto Effect was discovered when scientists started looking at heart disease. They saw that this little town in Pennsylvania almost had no heart disease. In the nearby town of Bangor, there were 79 heart attacks from 1935 to 1944 in a population of 5,000 people, compared to just nine heart attacks two miles away in Rosetto. So after President Roosevelt died of blood pressure-related complications and President Eisenhower died from a heart attack, researchers began looking at risk factors that predict heart disease and came up with this thing called the Framingham Risk Score. So the higher your score, the more likely you're, you were to have heart disease. And the first assessment looked, like, looked at things like age, sex, LDL cholesterol, HDL cholesterol, blood pressure, whether the patient is uh, treating that blood pressure, diabetes, and smoking. And according to this assessment, the Italian immigrants of Rosetto should have been in the high-risk group because they smoked cigars, worked in dirty slate mines, ate meatballs fried in lard, ate cheese and salami, so they had a, a diet that doctors do not recommend, and they drank wine like it was going out of style, but they had almost no heart disease among those age 55 or younger, and the rate of heart attack in men over 65 was half the national average. So death rates from any cause in Rosetta was 35% lower than anyone else, so what was going on? And it was the community. They had really strong family ties and community ties, and most of them had three or even four generations living in the same household. So you have elders. They had um, the elders were respected and cared for. The elders helped care for the young people. Nobody locked their doors. Everybody knew everybody. There was no crime. The community policed itself, so there was no need for police. And the community took care of each other, so there was no need for welfare. They all celebrated religious and community events together. There was a lot of tradition and no loneliness. You were never alone. Nobody was allowed to be uppity or to look down on each other or um, their neighbors. There was a lot of kind of equalizing. Um, so you were socially sanctioned for, for like, snooty or standout-ish, not, not standout, um, I guess standout-ish behavior. So everybody was equal. But like most people, you know, you want your kids to have a cushier lifestyle than you did. So these people started sending their kids off to college. And as the young people began leaving and adopting a mainstream lifestyle, guess what happened? The rate of heart disease crept up to the national average. So it was boop all over. And um, the, so the health effects were 100% all about community and connection, which is what we promote here at Pan Society. I think that's what I grew up with. I think that has what has insulated me from a lot of life's hardships. It's not like I haven't had them, but I haven't had anything that crushed me. 
I haven't ever felt lonely or like I had no options or human resources. And trust me, I have thought about this. I'm like, you know, what makes me the weirdo? What, you know, am I missing something? Am I, am I not in my body? Am I not feeling the feelings? I've had all these questions because it's just really, really unusual. Um, just never been lonely. And I, I am really polypositive. Poly <laughs> um, but it makes total sense to me, the Rosetto effect. Because we have all these idioms about the heart like having a heart-to-heart, taking something to heart, a heavy heart, to pour your heart out. And, I mean, you can see just by the way that we talk about it that that the heart is really important. It's like um, your emotional center. In Chinese medicine, the heart is the emperor of the body. There are organs that take qi from the heart and offer jing to the heart. And as long as everything is balanced with the heart, we're healthy. So if you take care of your heart, the rest of your life is fabulous. And by heart, I mean your physical heart, but I also mean your emotional heart. So in Chinese medicine, Shen is the spirit energy, and it lives in the heart and regulates your emotions and your mental functions. Blood holds the Shen in place. So the health of the Shen relies on the blood and the heart. And Shen, like I said, is spirit. So when your Shen is healthy, you're able to think clearly rationally, feel calm and peaceful most of the time, and cultivate healthy relationships with other people. When the Shen is disturbed, it manifests in symptoms like poor concentration, memory loss, irritability, anxiety, insomnia, and other signs of mental and emotional disorders. So basically, if you take care of your heart, and I'm talking again about your emotional and mental self, it's going to improve your health, happiness, and longevity. So how do you do that? Well, despite what the Rosetta effect says, smoking, diet, sleep, stress, and exercise do play a role. <laughs> but more important than that is connection. So you want to do the, the basic stuff. Definitely want to hit the basics. So if you do the basics, then everything else is gravy. And here in the West, we pay for gym memberships. We do meal planning. We make dietary choices, so keto, vegetarian, or whatever, based on what we think will keep us healthy and what is uh, kind, natural. But if we're living that stressful lifestyle and staying isolated, especially during times of COVID, we're probably not giving our hearts what they need, and the heart needs community. I remember when I was a professional dancer, I danced for Arabs at their weddings and mostly large community functions. And they had this wonderful vibe that was so different from Western gatherings with dancing. So first of all, Westerners don't dance unless it's part of a mating ritual or a bunch of girlfriends. We don't dance the way Latinos, Pacific Islanders, Middle Easterners, or brown people do. I mean, well, in all kinds of ways, but even in the body, the body doesn't move the same. You might not know anybody at a dance, but if you're in one of these brown groups, it, it really doesn't matter. You could dance with somebody 20 years older than you or 10 years younger it wasn't automatically assumed that it was a prelude to anything or, or, you know, you're checking each other out. It was also the type of thing where every element in the event was part of the overall energy. The music, the band, the food, the people, the wait staff, if there is wait staff, the kids were all dancing with each other, even if you weren't face-to-face. There was just this larger-than-life awareness of community, so everything moved as one or breathed with the same energy. It's just amazing. And we all need that from time to time. And if you can live in it, that's great. It's glorious. (laughs) When we were kids, we'd go to the country and visit my best friend's family. 
her mom had something like 14 brothers and sisters, and her dad had something like 17 brothers and sisters. So it was always a gigantic event where everybody knew everybody. And the dancing and music were insane, the barn dances. <laughs> and, again, it wasn't about hooking up because, you know, whoever you're dancing with is probably your cousin. But it was so alive, and it was more than just moving to the rhythm. It was the rhythm of life and plugging into a community where you felt safe, seen, and like a contributor as well as a beneficiary. And the clincher that said to me, I want to bring that to a wider audience, happened when I went to a Native American community, and everybody everywhere walked with that knowing. It was like their heart was beating, and you could feel it. You could feel it because they were plugged in and you were plugged in, not because the music was playing, because maybe this was in a grocery store or just, you know, you're sitting in a field watching the tall grass sway in the breeze. So nothing in particular was happening, but they didn't even have to talk to you. You could just sense the groundedness and the sense of self, but also a sense of connectedness to the earth and sky just by the way that they breathed. And it helped you to kind of slide into that or helped me to kind of slide into that energy very easily too. And when you're sharing that space with somebody else, if you've ever had that experience, it's just incredible. It's bigger than anything that I can tell you. And I had had this in moments. I had had this with groups, but never in a way where the land breathed and the sky caressed my skin. It never felt so personal as this. And when they got together to sing and dance and give gratitude or eat, oh, my God, they sang in the ancestors with them, and the ancestors sang with them. It wasn't 100 people singing. It was a 1,000 through the ages. And, yes, every blade of grass, wisp of wind, and cloud sang too. They belonged to the earth, and everybody could feel it. And this is what it means to be animus to me. So Rosetta, yes, absolutely, absolutely, but even bigger than Rosetta because it extends outside of the community to the whole universe. Now, I had that feeling within my house, and that's saying something because outside of my house, I was bullied. I was an outsider for so many reasons. I was teased for the way that I looked, for the food that we ate, for being smart, for all kinds of things. Outside of my house, I didn't have a connection with the land um, that my forefathers lived, bled, and died on for centuries just the way that the Native Americans did because I wasn't really from there. My family wasn't from where I lived. But what I had was so par- powerful anyway. I longed to deepen the connection the way that it felt on the reservation. That's why we're here. That's what I'm asking you to participate in, be a part of, open up to. You don't have to adopt animism to get all that. The Italians of Rosetta, Pennsylvania weren't animists. But I think that going all the way and cultivating a community gives you a fully sensory, fully dimensional way of living. That's why I created Pan Society, to have that, give others a way to have it. But you can't be a solo animus, guys. You can believe that everything is sacred, alive, and connected, but you have to live it. You live it by getting involved, creating connection, making choices that show your respect for the land, the elders, and life itself. You get it by living in the wheel of life and and doing the hard stuff, dealing with the problems, dealing with scarcity, dealing with wants instead of pushing it away. That's part of it. You know, it's not always comfortable. You know, maybe you vote your beliefs. You financially support worthy causes. You give sweat equity to things that you want to survive or thrive. You speak up for things you believe in. You engage. You can't connect from a dark corner or behind a computer screen, you know. 
I often say shine your light. And what I mean by that is dance, sing. Sometimes I spontaneously do something weird, and I get the strangest looks of judgments, and I think to myself, you would do the same thing if you weren't afraid of judgment. Everyone has a child inside who picks up her heels and laughs like a hyena sometimes. And if you don't, when did you let that child die? Go revive her. She has your heart and your life within her. It's okay to be childlike at times. It's okay to laugh, to cry, to hold up with an inspiration that has you captive. It's okay to love and do all the things we're human to do. Just do it with other people. Do it in community. Your heart wants to touch others. It wants to be touched by others. And we can't do this alone. That's why you have sovereignty connection. That connection is super, super important. And if you've never had what I'm talking about, if you're an introvert like me, you might be saying, I don't believe you. Or maybe even I don't want that. Trust me, you do. (laughs) All humans long for a sense of belonging. But we have to create it. And that's what Pan Society is for. So the door is open. All you have to do is step through. To share your poetry, your music, your stories, opinions, rituals, recipes, gardens, or whatever it is that lights you up. You can share your miseries too. There is a learning curve to animism. It's completely different from a monotheistic, rules-based spirituality. It's freedom and discipline. The more sovereign you are, the less connected you are. The more connected you are, the more of yourself that you have to give up. So it's a trade-off. But there's a happy piece in the middle, a sweet spot where it's just right for you in the community. Meet me there. Just like Rosetta, Pennsylvania, I think the biggest benefit of feeling a sense of belonging to the big picture is better health, more resiliency, longevity, better self-esteem, and greater happiness. Trust me, we all have a story where we can spin into something horrible, but within our lives, we also have many great and small moments of belonging, kindness, love, and grace. Where do you want to live? If you want to live in a space of belonging, join us on the Facebook group. And if you're already there, share yourself. Tell your story. Show us what lights you up and brings you here. We want to hear about you. I do. So when people ask me what animism is about, it's about this. This connection. We have ancestor veneration. Some of us have gods. We do bonfires and all that. But without the connection to redwoods, oceans, worms, eagles, and each other right here on terra firma, so what? It's all hollow and not at all heart-centered. It's not about rituals, y'all. It's not about the folklore or the whatever caught your attention that brought you here. It's about the heart. And the heart yearns to belong, to open it, trust. Feel. Be here. I'm inviting you right now. If you want to deepen your practice of animism and want a mentor, check out pansociety.org where Sherry and I are offering mentoring. You can post questions on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the podcast. You can even email me. We love your feedback and hearing from you. I get great ideas for um, podcasts and blogs from you guys, so please do speak up. And I'd like to close by sending gratitude to the elements and our loving helping ancestors for being here. I thank you all for joining us for this edition of Modern Animism Radio. And don't forget to donate. We do need your financial and emotional support. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Laura Giles for Pan Society, and I'll see you all next week. Ciao. 